In this episode, we discuss Transformers Age of Extinction, a.k.a. the one without Shia LaBeouf. everyone <laughs> and welcome to the flop house podcast i'm dan mccoy hey dan mccoy i'm Stuart wellington hey Stuart and dan my name is elliot kalen all three of us he's in disguise <laughs> check, check his mask off myself i don't <laughs> it's not him actually i'd like to say i'm point out i'm the one person in this room so listeners can know not wearing a hoodie with the hood up over his head <laughs> It's chilly in my apartment tonight. And I was just doing it because Dan was doing it. <laughs> That's a very localized um, weather report for people who happen to be in my apartment. So for us and days, your cat. <laughs> on the day that this was recorded. I'm recording this with a couple of Unabombers. Or sure. maybe they're the hoodlums dressed as aliens from the first storyline on the shit show Ghost Rider. Wait, the shit show Ghost Rider? Hit show, Dan. It taught kids how to read, be friends, and rap. Was that Johnny Blaze or Danny Ketch? It was neither. He was a an animated dot that could read things and then write them. Okay. So, welcome to the so, Flop House. We talk about movies. Yeah. And Usually a bad one. Bad movies. We so, we, what do we, hold on a second. We talk to a bad movie? No, we watch a bad movie. And then we discuss it thereafter. Okay. And tonight we watched... Hey guys, it's great to be back in the flop house <laughs> oh, after that live show we Hold did on. last yeah, time. Yeah, Dan, remember the thing you wanted us to do at the top and we agreed? Well, you steered me down this fucking culvert. <laughs> uh, this when I asked that, you what we do it's on kinda, It's more like a cul-de-sac. <laughs> it wasn't like a culvert. <laughs> What's the fucking T-1000 chasing us? <laughs> I mean, I, 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 I was perfectly capable of double backing and And yet you people. did not. No, because you were like, what do we do on this podcast? What we do on this podcast is not host live shows, <laughs> which is the thing here's that I was going to thank it. you for. Well, here's Although, the, on this podcast, we watch a movie and discuss it. But You're before, not going to pin this on me, But Caitlin. before we discuss tonight's <laughs> bang, movie. Bang, 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 You're never going to catch me alive. Uh, now so my ghost realistic. has to haunt you. All right, well, what were Wow, we your life is boring. Why am I haunting you again? Mm. <laughs> You'd be surprised. <laughs> I'm going to go haunt Danny Elfman. <laughs> now, there's a man with interesting life. He's an elf and a man. He was, he's a man Both who was bitten things. by a radioactive elf, and now he's, he has the power of candy canes. Will they, will they accept him back into the Grey Havens? Probably Does not. he have to make a choice? Is that yeah. some asylum for elves? Kind of. It's the end of Tolkien, man. <laughs> the end of Tolkien, man. <laughs> Tolkien, man, was bitten by a radioactive Tolkien, and now he has the ability to make up fake languages. Everyone sails off to the Grey Havens, except for the ones who don't. It sounds, it, it sounds more to me like this elf. He killed too many elves. He's too dangerous in the prison. Send him to Grey Haven. <laughs> no one's ever escaped from Grey Haven. Anyway, the main point is... So, Dan, we had a live show. Okay, thank you. To everyone who was foolish enough to come out and see our foolishness at the live show, I am humbled that we sold out the Bell House in Gowanus. That's that's yep. a 350 uh, capacity. I would say 350 seats, but most crowd. people were standing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm sorry. Uh, if you want to part of the show, if you yeah. want to sit down, maybe get there earlier next time. Wow. 
Wow, wait in the uh, cold longer, dude. Kind of unnecessary hostility for the people who came to see us, jackass. Uh, the point is, thanks it, to everybody who came out. It was a wonderful night. Thanks to the Bell House for having us and New York Podfest for arranging a lot of it. We'll it try to the pick a wonderful time of the year next time, so not as many people have to watch Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. <laughs> But uh, it was a great audience. Everyone who came had brought great energy, and we're very thankful for that. <laughs> yeah, they brought great energy. They brought some uranium. They brought some gasoline. They brought. I mean, some... gasoline is in great energy. <laughs> it's actually not very good at all. Someone brought the crystal from the dark crystal. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Just all kinds of great energy. When you take it out, when you take that shard out of the main crystal, do the good guys and the bad guys separate back out into individuals again? Yeah. It's all birdmen and what? Well, they're the kind of they're bird skexies. lizards. Yeah, skeksis and gray. And what are the other ghouls? dudes called? <laughs> yep, they're ghouls. No, they're they're like narrators, mystics, or chroniclers, mystics. Yeah, that's what it is. Yeah, Myst- yeah. It's spelled with a K, like some kind of nineties <laughs> X Man. Um, so they're not named after Mystic Connecticut. To or return Mystic Hal to the premise <laughs> of our mystic podcast, Pizza in Mystic Connecticut. We, so on tonight's episode of the podcast, we. Watched Transformers. Why do you put so much? (laughs) I thought we watched Transformers, the travel guide for transgender travelers. Uh, I mean, that sounds like a perfectly useful travel guide. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, that would be a book. Watching it. (laughs) I mean, I just watched it sit on a table. (laughs) Filed in the blockbuster video next to Trans America. (laughs) In their trans (laughs) section. Um, that's blockbuster had some very interesting categories. So this was a movie about, uh, things that were more than meets the eye. <laughs> <laughs> Autobots Not race in battle to yeah, destroy some, the evil forces. Now somebody, of the some, something was in disguise. What was it? <laughs> was it robots? <laughs> yeah, robots were the ones that were in disguise. Now what was, they put beards on <laughs> <laughs> and hats, dark yep. glasses. Yeah. Yep. Now I would say the Ninja this, Turtle disguise. Interestingly, this movie seemed to be quite a lot less than met the eye often. Yeah. Uh, hey, I'll getting right to the review, huh? Yeah. Uh, I mean, I'll reserve so how judgment. Many, how many of these Transformer movies have you seen, Elliot? This is the first Transformer movie I've seen. So I started okay. with Chapter 4, as I do with any series. <laughs> Star Wars started with Episode 4. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Harry Potter, I think I watched the first one and the fifth one. Uh, you missed the good one. <laughs> apparently, yeah. Because the fifth one was not very yeah. good. And, uh, you know, what other series are there? Rocky, fourth is the best. Start with that one. Mm-hmm. Superman 4. <laughs> 4 is the Quest best. I mean, I, that, I think when I was a kid, that was the first one that I saw. So I always had like a, a special place in my heart for it, even though it's ridiculous and terrible. The fourth Pink Panther, whatever that is. That's probably Return who, of the Revenge of the Strikes again. Who knows? Mm-hmm. Um, but you've seen, Stuart, all of the Transformers. And, oh, and the fourth Emmanuel four film. Now. Yeah, the fourth Emmanuel. Is that, is that, Emmanuel is that a space? black Emmanuel at that point? It's or is black it a... Emmanuel in space in Rio. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> Through time. Space Rio. <laughs> Blame it on Minus space Rio. Minus <laughs> seven equals X. <laughs> um, the beginning. <laughs> so we are. Versus Dracula. Acting. In the hood. <laughs> crazier than usual because. The this, next generation. This movie was two and a 45 fucking minutes long. This is a long movie. Most of which you stayed awake for, Dan. <laughs> <laughs> Look, to my credit, I would say I stayed awake for 85% of this movie. Yeah, you fell asleep during the climax, which was a bunch of explosions <laughs> and robots punching each other. Robots, Here's the thing. dinosaurs I'm gonna, punching each other. Look, I'm going to drop some... Dino swords, if you will. I'm going to drop a little knowledge on you guys. Yeah. 
if you don't care about the people exploding, explosions are the most boring thing in the world. You picked that up in all your years of experience? Yeah. Lajos <laughs> Igri said that in his Art of Dramatic Writing. <laughs> in his riding. book, The Art of Exploding People. <laughs> um, yeah. So, so Transformers 4, The Age of Extinction, it's called, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. So you missed the beginning of the movie, Elliot. What do you think happened? Uh, I thought I missed the beginning of the movie, but apparently I didn't. You missed, missed a bunch of dinosaurs running around and then getting totally uh, splattered with metal goop. Yeah, we okay. have to let's apologize briefly to our listeners because this movie was so long uh, for scheduling reasons. Elliot had to miss the very beginning of it, and for sleepy reasons, I missed the very end of it. <laughs> and Stuart saw the whole thing, so please pray for him. Yeah. <laughs> so, so the edge of my seat. So tightly. tell me what happened in the beginning. So sixty-five million years ago, we had dinosaurs. I on don't. Earth. I don't. I guess they, they, I like don't a, think they told us when it was happening. Well, it had to have been at 65 million years ago because that's when there were dinosaurs. Were those dinosaurs on our planet or a different planet? No, those were our... Why would they show another planet <laughs> full of dinosaurs where Transformers Some kind arrived? of dinotopia. Although even that's on our planet. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it was a savage land. Some kind savage of... Savage beach. Again, that's all, both on this planet. <laughs> savage beach has no dinosaurs in it, just topless women and ninjas. Yeah. So, yeah, so you miss that, and then you miss the introduction of our hero, Cade Yeager. <laughs> <laughs> Which sounds less like a name than, like, I guess, a new soda that has beer in it. <laughs> Pop up in a Cade Yeager. <laughs> to be fair, either of those words alone might be reasonable names. Cade? Uh, I think you're just defending your, wait. Uh, yeah, Cade's a little weird. I yeah. my office mate's last name is Jaeger. I know so Jaeger is a fine. Chuck Jaeger is a name. That's Jaeger. Is, is your a name. office mate's uh, name Cade? No. Okay. Not that I. So we're introducing. I mean, Cade they Yeager. might as well have named him like Slad Ripchest or yeah. something like that. You know, Slad. Birch long, Slad with birch. a Z. <laughs> what long muscle? <laughs> birch is his yeah. name. Birch schlong muscle. <laughs> you know what? We need a tough guy name. Of How the about Texas Birch schlong muscle? What's the toughest type of tree? <laughs> Birch, of course. And we want him to have a last name, like you know, a given name to reflect his profession. <laughs> uh, long muscle, because he is a muscle lengthener. Uh, let's talk about this movie. Okay. Okay. We so are after we're already. introduced to Katie Yeager. So we're introduced, we're introduced to Katie Yeager, who's an inventor. Daughter's short He's shorts. Mark Wahlberg, who's an inventor, reprising his profession of scientist from Flophouse Favorite, The Happening, <laughs> in which he uh, and here's the thing. Mark Wahlberg is dedicated to playing a bad scientist. In The Happening, he's a science teacher who tells his students there are some things that uh, Dan... What's that alarm? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's your apartment, so... Is it, it is your oven stopped. off? Okay. Are we going to edit that point, or are you yeah, just going to no, leave it in? We're just going to keep it in. It's flavor. <laughs> you mean it's bad flavor? flavor? Yeah, it's like fi- finding a fly in your soup. <laughs> it's like finding a half worm in your apple. <laughs> <laughs> the so he, in the happening he plays a science teacher who tells his students there are some things man will just never know which i think is the exact opposite of the scientist's creed in this movie he is a scientist and inventor who believes that some things just shouldn't be invented yeah if i'm being if i'm being nice i'll say that he is a modern redo of dr sarazawa of the first godzilla movie who invents a weapon to destroy godzilla but it's too powerful for humans to keep making, and he kills himself rather than let anyone steal his knowledge. But instead, uh, it's like if instead of killing himself to keep a weapon from being in human hands... All right, I'll handle this. 
Don't worry, guys. <laughs> I'm on top of it. You keep talking. I'll keep okay. talking while Drowsy Dan <laughs> figures out why his oven is making an alarm noise. Uh, on this, the worst episode of the Flophouse. <laughs> uh, so it's rather than taking it upon himself to sacrifice his life to save the Earth from a weapon, yep. he instead uses <clears throat> a an, an alien sword laser to shoot an alien robot who's fighting another alien robot yep. over a seed bomb that will turn the Earth into an alien robot planet. And in another part, he kills a guy by hitting him with a foot football and then kicking him out a window. Yes. Uh, he also has a daughter who is 17. Uh-huh. And though she is not legal to have sex with, she's certainly legal for the Us Michael Bay audience to ogle. <laughs> uh, it's, an, it's an interesting moral quandary because he, she has a slightly older boyfriend uh, who keeps in his wallet a laminated <laughs> card explaining why the law that says it's not statutory rape that he's going out with this 17-year-old. Uh, and Mark Wahlberg spends the whole movie set telling him how it's it's bad for him, a 20-year-old, to go with a 17-year-old. And yet the movie is just fine with us just seeing down her shirt and upper shorts and everything like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but no, but yeah, it is funny. Like the, he, has, he has the law that explains, like, look, I started dating her when we were both underage, so it's cool now. I've been grandfathered in. And I've laminated and it. I've laminated it <laughs> to show anybody who doubts, <laughs> who yeah, doubts a, the justification of me inserting my penis into her <laughs> vagina. <laughs> well, that's, I mean, it's got to be a goof, right? That's meant to be like a joke. I mean, it's meant as a joke, but the character still does it. So. Yeah, it's a cr- creepy, creepy joke. So, so when that character is introduced, that signals the exit of the previously introduced T.J. Miller character, who plays like a surfer, Canadian surfer dude well, we fellow. Ha- we haven't gotten yet to his exit. Let's just say that uh, this is after, I guess in the last movie, there was a fight in Chicago between a bunch of robots. Yeah. Some call them Transformers. I, I call them uh, Chango Robes. <laughs> I call them GoBots. Because <laughs> <laughs> they go and they're robots. Yeah. I call them uh, Transformatrons, <laughs> which is like Transformers, but just different enough that I can't be sued. I call them Roombas, which are robots <laughs> that can rumba. <laughs> <laughs> uh, is there any on-screen evidence that they can rumba? I've set up. Uh, First off, I've set up cameras to can't. try and capture them rumbling. You know, like nanny cams. I haven't done it yet. <laughs> he calls them. I, he calls them I believe, cams. <laughs> I believe that they rumble, but I'm not looking. Okay, that's. I mean, if you have no evidence to the contrary, you have to assume it's true. That's what Sherlock Holmes said, right? Yeah. So. Meanwhile, so the Transformers are, I guess, Autobots are allowed to just walk around and do whatever legally, but there's a CIA operation, a black ops group called Cemetery Wind. Cemetery Wind. is what happens when a gravedigger farts. <laughs> sure. And uh, they are- It is are, a great album name. Yes, yeah, Cemetery Wind, yeah. And they are led by Kelsey Grammer, who is d- continuing some of the sci-fi slumming he started with X-Men 3, X-Men mm-hmm. United. And uh, he, they're hunting down both Decepticons and Autobots- because he wants to eliminate the Earth of he wants to eliminate alien robot Changeotrons from the Earth, and he he's is doing that with help from with the help of a Transformer bounty hunter named Lockdown, who is it looks more human than the other Transformers, which is weird. And we and it's like I, okay, let me just get straight on one thing. This movie has like three plot lines in it, and yet somehow it felt like I was watching. The, an entire season's worth of a Transformers show cut down to a two-hour, 45-minute movie, mm-hmm. and, like, characters were jumping all over the place. There were things going on where I had to fill in the gaps in my mind. It's a know? hard film to follow. Yes. It's a hard film to watch and a hard film to follow. 
because there's always things flying around on screen like a bunch and eventually the point where there's just cubes flying around on screen making robots before our <laughs> eyes in some of the worst CGI effects I think I've ever seen maybe yes. uh, and it has some of the most hilarious bad blue screen background effects mm-hmm. I've seen in a movie in a long time but anyway Kate Yeager finds an old truck Turns out it's Optimus Prime all beat up. Optimus Prime, of course, the leader of the Autobots. And uh, he's a red, white, and blue patriotic truck mm-hmm. who responds to every situation in this movie by yelling, I'll kill you, <laughs> and firing a big gun at people. <laughs> and then it's, what's weird is, so uh, he gives a lot of speeches about honor and freedom, and he expresses his honor by stabbing another robot in the back, and he expresses his freedom by enslaving a dinosaur robot and breaking <laughs> its will so he can ride it into battle. But also... After he finds his Space Knight sword on Lockdown's prison ship that's floating mm-hmm. above Chicago for reasons that we're not totally sure about since... And well, we haven't even gotten to that part yet. It's so hard to tell the plot of this movie without jumping ahead to all the crazy nonsense. Yeah, but also, it. like, just, just take a moment to talk about um, Transformers in general... Because this film, they are stupid, has a lot of the same like metaphysical problems that the Cars films had, which is just like uh, explain. Well, okay, like all right, these Transformers, they can apparently transform into pretty much anything, except for they mostly just transform back and forth between whatever car they've decided to look like and yeah. themselves a robot. And most of yeah. them can fly, but they always keep turning into cars. Mm-hmm. Well, and they don't, and even they have, when they're in people form, they don't fly. At the end of the movie, Optus Prime starts flying, and it's like, well, why didn't you do that at all in the whole movie? And yeah. sometimes they have people inside them that seem to be driving them. Why does that need <laughs> sure. to happen? Well, I gave you my explanation while we were watching the movie. that They uh, get some for, kind of sexual release from it? They get a very strong sexual pleasure from it that a robot's for lack of a better word, clitoris, sure, is okay. located in the steering wheel. And so you need a human to activate that. It's a pleasure center. I exactly. mean, clitoris is as good a word as that. It has, it has more pleasure nerves than any other part of the robot's uh-huh. body. Okay. And more pleasure nerves than a, than a, than a male's pleasure uh, centers. Well, all the robots are men, so I don't know. Unless, robot op- unless Transformer women have masculine features and voices. Well, no, here's another- I mean, in the cartoon, there was, there was a... Like a ladybot. That's the other thing that's great is that uh, they're robots and they're made out of metal and yet they still have human features that make no sense, like a beard made out of chains. Yep. John Goodman voice. I think it's John. I'm pretty sure it's John John Goodman. Yeah. Voices a fat robot. Yep. <laughs> it's like, why is this yeah, robot fat? Yeah, as I was fat? saying, he's like, uh, he this, was my, this was my chance to be a skinny robot. But like, why? Did the, did why the did robot to... eat too many nuts and bolts? <laughs> like, what? Why do I have to be typecast as fat robot? But also... Um, yeah, he's these are ro- robots like they carry around guns. They like they can't just have but the guns, guns are also them. the guns are I think both part of them and not and they there's a part at the end where Fatbot is like I'm running out of ammo and I think the ammo is their poop and that's how they make it like the physiology because and they yeah, make a big their bodies the are like fremen still suits where it converts their waste <laughs> you know, into, uh, into life-giving minerals into life-giving our ammo but they they and they make a point in the movie at some point of of explaining that they're not really robot robots they're made of some kind of organic metal 
that can shape shift around mm. and turn into anything, but they're alive. And what's, they have, what's that metal called? It's called transformium. Okay, okay. Right. That's what they that call sounds, it. That sounds like science. Uh, but also there was, a, there's also a scene where, so, okay, let's get back to the, okay. Mark Wahlberg finds Optus Prime and he fixes him up yeah. with the help of goofy sidekick TJ Miller. And Optimus Prime said, he's like, Oh, he's like, we, I have a thing inside me. We call it the spark. It is our power source and also contains our and our memories. And Mark Wahlberg goes, we call that a soul. No, we don't. The soul is not an organ in your body that powers you and keeps your memories. They can you. almost get shot by a missile. Yeah, it can, that can is a physical thing that can be shot by a missile. Yeah. <laughs> it needs to be fixed. It needs someone to come in <laughs> well, with a Dan, battery to like do a, give it a jump. Many, yeah, of jack us, it up. many of us do need help repairing our souls. It's called do, faith. Do you have a pamphlet? For me, I actually have uh, a pamphlet called <laughs> "So You Need to Regrout <laughs> Your Tiles." It's not about this particular subject, but it is helpful hints on how to regrout your tiles. I mean, it, it, tips it says something tricks. about it says yeah. something about faith in your original tile work. <laughs> yeah, you because need you to regrout it instead of get just linoleum, getting a whole, I guess, and or? Just, or just redoing the whole bathroom. Okay. Now, have you heard the good news? Regrouting <laughs> your tiles is easier than ever. <laughs> Well, it's that, all in my. Is good I have some literature I was wondering if you could look at. Here, take this stress test. I'm going to use this e meter to measure how much grouting your tiles need. Ooh, they need a lot. You're going to need to do some uh, some testing to get these thetans out of your grout. I think that would be a pretty effective religion if you started it honestly. <laughs> it's, it's it's practical, is the point. Yeah, yeah. It's well, we worship Bob Vila. Yeah, that's that's the main thing. Uh, anyway, calming. what did you want to say about Transformers and Cade Yeager and their souls and I, what no, they're made out was, of? No, it was basically what you said about how they had I this spark. That, <clears> I mean, the it, divine spark that exists in all of us, except for their spark is a thing It makes me wonder see. if on Cybertron there's a painting by Michelangelo of God creating Optimus Prime and giving him the spark of life on the, on the ceiling of the Sistine Robo Chapel. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can only assume that's true. You yeah. know, where the Cyber Pope lives. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, back to so the, anyway back to the movie. Uh, the CIA get catches wind, cemetery wind mm-hmm. of Optimus Prime being at Cade Yeager's house. It's kind of implied that his assistant JT Miller contacted them. TJ Miller. I always think it's JT. That TJ Miller. Because you like Justin Taylor Thomas, and you mentioned Tool Time earlier. No, Bob Vila. My mistake. Bob Vila was on Tool Time once. You remember Tim Allen tried to stump him by planting a question from a caller, really his wife. About an old medieval weapon, a medieval uh, tool. It turns out it's an ads. And Bob Vila knew exactly what it was. So, for those keeping score at home, <laughs> I have trouble remembering my family's birthdays, but I remember this plot of the, the plot of this fucking home improvement episode that I saw once. <laughs> Ugh, my brain is terrible. Anyway, so uh, the CIA show, but it's never made explicitly clear, as far as I can tell. Are that- you talking about home improvement still? <laughs> <laughs> is this what it's like to not drink? No, no when, he, when, he, when he says it's never made explicitly clear, he means the plot of the entire movie. Uh, yeah, everything watched. in the movie. That uh, that Miller was the one who called the CIA. But the point is, the CIA show up. There's a big shootout with Optimus Prime. Yeah. Titus Welliver shows up. You remember him as the bad, like weird, like metaphysical dude from the end of Lost. I don't remember that. Okay. Anyway, there's a bit, and we're introduced. There's a big chase. We're introduced to. Mark Wahlberg's daughter's boyfriend, Shane, who is a race car driver who just got picked up by Red Bull, he says, but nobody seems to recognize him throughout the movie. They also have a... He'd be a huge, famous guy. They have a secret trick that they do with the car where he steers and the girlfriend operates the gear shift. I think it's it's the the 
the pull brake. Oh, uh, maybe. And they like spin around to go off a ramp, and it never gets used again. So that's one of those things where they're like, here's a skill these characters have. We're going to plant it here and then ignore it for the rest of the movie. Yeah, they introduce him as being an awesome driver, and then he basically never drives again. Yeah, and uh, and of course, Miller for his sins is it's turning like some kind of robo statue. the second Gunslinger novel where the Gunslinger loses his thumbs and can't shoot his guns. His okay. gun thumbs. Wait, that happened? Oh, sorry. Uh-oh. Sorry. I mean, I've, I've, read, I've read up to like, you, I think I feel like there's only two of those novels that I haven't read. You read up to the sentence where it says, and then his thumbs were, and then you put it down and you didn't pick it up again. <laughs> but I think shoot. he actually only loses one of his But they do. Yeah, like he shoots people after that. Let's get I don't one, remember him let's that get well. one thing straight. Out, I turned off when I found out Stephen King was going to star in him later on. <laughs> let's get one thing straight. This movie is about two things. Big robots punching each other and cars chasing each other. Yep. There's a lot of car chases, and sometimes those car chases inexplicably end in people getting out of cars as explosions blow up around them. This car chase is one of them. There's a lot of times in this movie where things are blowing up, and I'm not quite sure why they're blowing up. It just seems mm-hmm. like the Transformers well, universe is one where... Oxygen plus fuel plus heat equals fire. <laughs> thanks. So thanks, there you go. So, thanks, Professor Wizard. <laughs> Thanks, yep. Mr. Science Guy. <laughs> That's Professor Wizard is yeah, like That's his Dumbledore, dad. I guess. Because <laughs> like, yeah. he works at a school. He works at a school. He runs the school, Dan. <laughs> no, Edmaster, like, yeah, like Steve Jobs like, worked at Apple. He's like the custodian, right? He's, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he works in admissions. He worked his way up from custodian to dean. I mean, if you call a job you love working, then yeah, I guess he worked at Hogwarts. <laughs> Uh, there's it, it, the Transformers seem to exist in a universe where Gambit stopped by and charged up every object so that you just need to nudge it and it explodes. Yeah, and as you pointed out, like the Transformers are constantly like hitting each other and, and exploding, and like little bits of them are flying constantly. off, but it, it does not seem to affect their ability to every be punch. A, a live yeah, there's like robot. a spray of shrapnel and screws. It's like if you saw a movie starring people. Where every punch knocked like thirty teeth out of their mouth, and then they went and had dinner, and they're just eating steak and things like that. Yeah. <laughs> like they, the Transformers take at one point. Optimus I kind of wish there was a scene in this movie where a Transformer sat down for dinner. <laughs> the tra- and at near the end, at the end, Optimus Prime is impaled with a giant sword, and he's pretty much fine. Yeah. He's kind of like the girlfriend in Cloverfield who's impaled on that rebar or whatever it is, yep. and they just yeah. slide her off, and she's okay for the rest of the movie. But. uh this le- the good guys escape and it leads to a game. LA, of- real quick, how can you tell which robot is stronger than the other robots? Well, is it the paint job? It seems to be whoever needs to win a fight for the purposes of that scene. Okay, because there are times when the bad guys are stronger than the good guys, and times when the good guys are stronger than the bad guys. Just like real life, they introduce some. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It's deep, Dan. It's very deep. (laughs) They introduce the Dinobots later on, spoiler, and the Dinobots are terrifyingly strong until the movie needs them to be weak, in which case they spend a lot of time tripping over their own feet and falling down. Clawing at the ground. Just just falling off of buildings over and over again. Like like there's a bunch of robo-banana peels strewn about Mm -hmm. for them to slip on. Anyway, a game of cat and mouse ensues between the CIA and Kate Yeager and pals. This is totally pointless because then Kate Yeager decides to get into – to sneak into – KSI, a corporation that is making new Transformers out of the bodies of old Transformers oh, yeah. and is run by Stanley Tucci. Uh, <laughs> yep. <laughs> uh, I, wish, I wish he decided to play the character as an over-the-top Italian. 
It's gonna be when he uh, gets he wins his Academy Award for this role, and they announce yeah. his uh, his cr- victory. Crawl over Roberto. <laughs> he walks uh, over all the seats. Like, I make love to all of your face. Oh, no Transformer Press. Hey, life is a Transformer beautiful. Hey, is it the thing, uh, etc. But he doesn't seem to necessarily be evil. He's just interested he in harnessing te- pr- Transformer technology. He seems pretty evil at first. He, all he cares about is transformer technology. He sees them as things that he can rip apart. He's torturing one of them, this tiny little irritating guy, to get yeah, information about like transformers. Like a racist voice. Yeah, there's, a, and there's here's always the, a racist voice transformer. Here's the thing: we we meet some of the other transformers who are just hiding out in the desert, I guess, behind a bunch of boots and things yep. like that, and uh, and maces, yeah. uh, and they are. Fat Bot, the fat robot who fires guns a lot. Yep. There's Samurai Bot, the samurai robot. Yeah, he's mm-hmm. a Japanese robot for some reason. <laughs> and there's the robot with the trench coat and kind of like a Jason Statham type accent. Yep. Yeah. And uh, it's John DiMaggio is doing like a, a British. I wish cool he had guy. done is John Dima- voice. Yeah, is John DiMaggio tired of being typecast as a robot? <laughs> <laughs> Probably. Yeah. When everyone knows the part he was born to play was the secret son of Joe DiMaggio. <laughs> <laughs> Why is uh, a secret? And and Bumblebee's there because because and Bumblebee who's a who is a car yeah, fan which f- fan favorite Bumblebee weirdly not enough fan, is the easy, I'm not a fan is the easiest to understand of all the robots. Let me uh, let me say this about Transformers real quick. Just interject. When I was a kid, I loved the Transformers. Okay, but I apparently did not love them enough to remember almost any of the characters. So yeah. I don't know if these characters are from the cartoon series. I don't know if they're from like the Marvel comic I mean, series. Bumblebee is Bumblebee's Bumblebee always is been, like, like the, main the characters character. I remember are like Optimus Prime, Bumblebee, uh, Starscream. Is that a guy? Yep. Grimlock. Yeah, sure. and that one that turned Swoop. into a, the one that turned into a boombox, and the other guy who turned into a tape. Which one? The Which one? The bad one? Swimbox and crunch, <laughs> crunch flakes. There was a <laughs> crunch flakes. There was juice box. <laughs> doctor transforms a lot. <laughs> Weirdly enough, not a doctor robot. No, no, no. Well, he was a doctor of English literature. <laughs> oh, yeah, he drove a. He was a bookmobile. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he, he transformed into a bookmobile. Yeah. Here's the thing about the Transformers: like of all of those '80s cartoons that were designed to like. Sell, sell toys. toys. Well, in this case, we're designed around pre-existing Japanese yeah. toys. Like Transformers were a brilliant toy line that then, once you tried to be, like turn into a story, didn't make any sense. I'll tell you, they were better than that toy line where it was robots that transformed into rocks. Do you remember those? <laughs> yeah, those weren't Transformers. No, no, it was, it was a different toy line. And when they were not transformed, they looked like crazy monsters. But then they just turned into rocks. <laughs> yeah, which but is it's just not like, so exciting. You know, like it's great when you're a kid. It's great to to play with a toy where it's like, oh, this is a vehicle, and then it transforms into a robot. But then when you try to justify that with a story, <laughs> everything the falls idea apart. Is that these robots have to hide amongst us, or else we'll be frightened and, I guess, destroy them or something. That's why uh, that one turns into a boom, a giant boombox. Because <laughs> like, if you just saw that on the street, you'd be like, oh, yeah, that's that giant boombox that keeps moving around. Oh, that Klaus Oldenburg sculpture of a giant boombox. Here's the thing. I think there's certain things that were. <laughs> it's, that usual, that, it's that dinosaur that's always around. <laughs> a robot? Oh, no, thank goodness. It's just that Tyrannosaurus like you'd see on an ordinary street. <laughs> Uh, Here, uh, don't ro- mind me <laughs> uh, a robot oh no it's just a giant gun big enough for a giant robot to use uh, here's the thing about 
cartoons and movies. <laughs> I'll just say okay. it right here. So there are certain things that I will buy in a children's cartoon, such as robots from outer space that transform into cars, befriend children, are in a battle with bad robots from space that transform into cars, that I will not buy in a live-action film. And as, But I do love how, like, there is, I don't think there's any way to do a Transformers movie where I'm going to buy into the premise in a live action sense. Yeah. But I do love that adult humans had to stand in front of a camera and say things like activating Gravitron and stuff like that. And that Kelsey Grammer had to talk and be like, we, I don't want any alien robots on my and planet. And say, tell me where Optimus Prime is. <laughs> it's, I, I went from... And he was I, like, I was in down Periscope. <laughs> I was a boss. There's a... Here's the thing. Again. When as a kid, it bothered me when grown-ups were in these movies and they were like, whatever, it's some stupid cartoon thing. Like Jeremy now, Irons in the D&D movie? Yeah. But now, I love that stuff. <laughs> I love thinking about these adult actors reading the scripts <laughs> and being like, I don't know what the fuck I'm doing in this thing. I don't know, but it'll, it'll buy me a car. And sometimes, when you have a guy like Stanley Tucci, <laughs> to get back to where we were before, he manages to bring a level of ham to it that's very enjoyable. Yeah. So Stanley Tucci is the head of this company where they're making new robots out of Transformium. <laughs> Uh, he introduces that idea by picking up a ball of transformium that looks like an egg, and then it flies around a lot like shitty Lawnmower Man CGI. Yeah. And, we're, and they're all going, ooh, ah, and we, the audience, are just cracking up. Because it, it looks hilarious. Terrible. It looks like the CGI demo that they'd package with, like, a video you bought in the early 90s, the late 80s. It looks like a bad screensaver. Yeah. <laughs> you expect just a t- shitload of pipes and flying toasters to come out of it. Yeah. Not to say that was a bad screensaver. Clippy, the clip art guy, should have shown up <laughs> and complained about how <laughs> shitty it was. He showed up in the corner of the screen and said, it looks like you need help making this movie. <laughs> Maybe make it less shitty. Uh, they, for some reason, they're able to, they're, they decide to infiltrate KSI, this company, but Bumblebee gets mad because there's all these promotional videos that are being projected on walls where they're just shit talking about Bumblebee. <laughs> they're like, they, they made a promotional video where scientists and a model are like, it's based on the plans for Bumblebee, our new robot Stinger. But Bumblebee was very bad. He was a crappy robot. In fact, he was the junkiest of the junk bots. And Bumblebee takes it personally, of course, because they're literally calling him out. And it's also another thing where it's like, the same way that there's something funny about how in the Marvel Universe, Wolverine is now just a character that regular people know of. That, like, in the Transformers Universe, the average person is expected to know who Bumblebee is. Yeah. <laughs> or, like, that Optimus, that Optimus Prime is... <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> there are just reporters going up to people on the street going, excuse me, what do you feel about what Bumblebee said about the economy? <laughs> that, like, Optimus Prime is a name that a normal person would yeah, hear yeah, and yeah. They would read in the newspaper. <laughs> the hashtag Bumblebee sucks is trending. <laughs> now I'm, now I'm want to read like a New York Times article about the events where it's like Mr. Prime stated that they, that, that that he and and uh, Mr. what's the what's the magnet what's the bad guy Decepticon Katie Yeager no no the bad guy Decepticon Megatron uh, Megatron Galvatron Galva- no but Galvatron is anyway. Omnicron <laughs> Chronomon <laughs> Bonchon Onanist wait hold on no no that's a different thing uh anyway they so, from let let Brom Brom bot <laughs> Brom bones bot <laughs> senior Brom bot okay and Mitt Rom bot now so here's the thing 
I have been saying here's the thing a lot because I'm trying to figure out what the thing is about this movie. There's another <laughs> car chase. There is no thing in this movie. It's empty at its core. There's another fight. It turns out they're trying to make a robot called uh, Galvatron who is also a big big rig truck. Yeah. Because what better way to def- to defend America and the Earth than to have a big rig truck that turns into a robot. But they lose control of Galvatron because it turns out he's actually a reborn uh, Megatron. Megatron. I cannot remember these names. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it turns out he's actually he's a, a reborn Tron legacy. <laughs> it turns out Megatron legacy, the, the quickening, <laughs> has, has played Stanley Tucci into making a new, better body for him. And he uses like a body that a body sort of that, like Ultron, huh? Uh, yeah, maybe. In a way, yeah. I mean, Ultron makes his own bodies. Okay, so it's it's better than the other Transformers because they cut out the middleman when it transforms from a truck to a like a robot man body. It turns into this cloud of swirling little boxes, yeah, it's like, like a yeah. nanobot yeah. swarm. But they're really big; they're like macro nanobots, like giant cubes. And it flies around, which makes me wonder: Why do they like even Rubik's turn into the anything? Why don't they just fly around <laughs> no, like a bunch Rubik's of these magic the magic cubes? The magic cube was like a little alien that came out when you solved the cube. Yeah, and then he mostly turned into like a Ferrari or something. Or... Yeah, yeah, because why not? Because uh, a kid was was driving him. Yeah, and they solved crimes. which kid. Uh, yeah, the witch kid. The kid who's a witch. <laughs> Not to be confused with this. His name's Harry Potter. <laughs> <laughs> I thought Harry Potter was a wizard. I mean, it's the same thing, dude. Uh, they're totally different. I seem to remember saying, someone One saying, of them's you're a, a wizard, Sands. Harry. <laughs> One of them's a Julius. Yeah. Uh, so Galvatron <laughs> is really Megatron, and he's made out of a cloud of cubes, and you're saying, <laughs> he's why, bother, why bother to be a truck or a man when you so can be a cloud of cubes I, all the time? The other day I was watching... They should have called him Cubatron. <laughs> Cuba Gooding Jr.-tron. <laughs> the other day I was watching this TV show with my wife about makeup artists, and it showed the back of a guy with a long white ponytail, and all the makeup artists got super excited. And I'm like, Charlene, it's got to be Julian Sands. <laughs> and it turned out it was Rick Baker. But this that was a moment where she got a glimpse into how cool her husband is. <laughs> <laughs> like, they're all geeking out because it's the guy from Warlock. <laughs> cool is the word I was going to use, yeah. Uh, <laughs> so there's we a big, really got to skip to the end. There's of this. a We're big fight. A then there's another big fight. It turns out Lockatron <laughs> is trying to get Optimus Primatron because he's a bounty hunter working for the creators of the Transformers who want to take the Transformers back for some reason. It turns out there was some breed of Transformer it's been a recall. mystical. It's <laughs> <laughs> some faulty parts. He's a far, faulty soul. Yeah. And uh, if you if you rear end Optimus Prime, he's just going to blow up. <laughs> Yeah, because everything in the movie blows up all the time. If you look at something weird in the movie, it blows up. So here's where there are two plots that diverge and converge seemingly at random. Where uh, Gra- law, Lawbot... And which one you take. Dog- that will make all the difference. <laughs> I took the plot less traveled by, which was the one out of this movie. Yeah. Uh, Dog the Bounty Hunter Tron from outer space is trying to collect these knights of the Robosphere or something like that, of which Optimus Prime is one. So he kidnaps him, uh, and the heroes have to go save him. Meanwhile, at the same time, and uh, Mark Wahlberg's daughter also gets kidnapped, meaning that they now get to wander through a H.R. Geiger to the point where <laughs> it's close enough that H.R. Geiger can't sue them. Yeah, but it's still the pretty grave. close. 
uh, if anyone could do it, it's H.R. Geiger. Yeah. Uh, he'd, he'd have, he'd come back as some sort of sexual mechanical organic yeah, like a, construct. Like a robot penis. <laughs> be like like would, the gun that comes out of Lockdown Bot's face. You would, it would be like the robot penis from the end of Tetsuo, the Iron Man, sure. would come charging at you and then it would hand you legal papers and say, you got served. <laughs> <laughs> Show up in court, you're being sued for copyright infringement. Yeah. Now, uh, at the same time, Gravamega Galvatron is looking for a thing called the Seed, which Stanley Tucci has control of somehow. Because let's just say one thing. Objects and characters in this movie appear and disappear at random, depending on when they're needed. There's a woman who works for Stanley Tucci who disappears for a long period of the movie and then is suddenly just with him, yeah. running around. And you're like, wait, was he carrying her in his pocket? Like, did she? Uh, was she taking a nap inside of his ear? Like, how did she's like? Uh, she's like Elvis in True Romance, kind of giving him advice. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> she does doesn't she, actually exist. Does she exist, yeah. or is she just a projection? Is she a Tyler Durden type figure? Played by Sophia Miles, by the way, Spoiler who I remember alert, from. Dude. <laughs> Sorry, sorry to spoil Fight Club. <laughs> I remember from Terry Zwigoff's failed uh, follow-up uh, art school confidential. Ah, uh, okay. But uh, great Adam Scott performance in that one. Yeah. Is there such a thing as a not great Adam Scott performance? Uh, call us Adam Scott. Call in. Call into the program. Tell us if you have an idea of what your worst performance is. <laughs> anyway, so Galvatron, Mega Galvatron wants the seed, which will turn all, which will explode with the power of a tactical nuke and turn people into metal for Transformers to eat. People, dinosaurs, whoever. Uh, Optimus Prime is captured in a ship hovering over Chicago, which they're they're like the engines are set to go in nine minutes. We got to save him. Fifteen minutes later, that ship has gone nowhere, and then it's still yeah. running around inside it trying to find Optimus Prime. The two plot lines converge in Hong Kong, where the good guys fight a bunch of Decepticons while Optimus Prime beats, <laughs> I think down, sweating. beats yeah. down a Tyrannosaurus robot. No, that's so where Optimus Prime is like, I've got to call upon the power of dinosaurs. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's the other thing. Characters in the movie state what they're doing in the in the just the blandest strip of strip. Of, there's a part where Optimus Prime everyone was says, "Now to show them why we're here and that we're here and what we're doing," or something like that's his battle cry. Later on, at the end, he goes, "There are many questions we're not meant to answer, but why we are here is not one of them." <laughs> really, that seems like the main question that's never going to get answered. Uh, there's a big fight. All the bad guys are defeated. Hooray. Yeah, I fall asleep somewhere in here. Uh, there's the a, there's all the good guys all work together the to defeat the bounty when he, hunter. The best part's when he, when he let the Dinobots free. He said, the legend is true in a completely different language. I, I'm assuming <laughs> With a Japanese. But, I, but also, what legend of Dinobots had, had we heard about before this? <laughs> the legend of the trailer of Transformers Age of Extinction. <laughs> the legend of the cardboard stand-up in the uh, lobby. The big billboard in Times Square that had Optimus Prime riding a dinosaur on it. Yeah. Here's And that's like two over two hours into the movie. Oh, the Dinobots don't show up until the last scene. The opening of the movie is a bunch of dinosaurs getting covered in like metal and turning to ash or some shit. So you assume you're immediately like, oh my God, it's going to be all These dinosaurs, dinosaurs and robots. These dinosaurs must be really important to the plot. They certainly can't just be another added weapon that the heroes use at the last minute for a little bit and then forget about. Because when Optimus Prime wins, 
the Dinobots are just allowed to wander off freely. <laughs> so there's these enormous thousand foot dinosaur robots just walking the earth yeah. doing whatever. I think one of the other looking for employment. <laughs> <laughs> one of the other robots is like, I'll ride with you anytime. Like, how about forever and now? Why don't you watch watch those guys? Make sure they don't eat any humans. And all throughout this, there's like characters chasing other characters, things are exploding, people are yelling, the shots don't always match up that you have to figure out information that should be just told to you while there's information you know that's told to you over and over again. Like, if the characters run into an elevator to escape someone who's shooting a gun at them, they go, an elevator! The elevator door won't close! We gotta get out of this elevator. I'll get out of the elevator. And, like, a a giant magnet starts pulling up all the cars in Hong Kong to get the Transformers, Mm. and they're like, a magnet! The magnet's still pulling us. Get in the car. The magnet's pulling the car. Like we're watching a, like we're listening to a radio show. Yeah, they've got to narrate magnet, what they're it doing. Seems like it seems just like it's this unstoppable weapon, and then all of a sudden, Optimus Prime just shoots it a couple times, and they're totally like, it "Oh, it's done." The they won the day. Entire bad guy spaceship. Yeah, uh, and so at the end, Optimus Prime leaves them and says, "Your family is great. Defend them <clears> forever." <throat> and fly, uh, Mark Wahlberg and his daughter, any conflict they had is settled. Uh, which just shows, so if you're a, a father having a son connecting with your daughter, go on a three-hour adventure where you're fighting robots mm-hmm. and everything will be fine. Yeah. And Optimus Prime flies off into space to confront his creators to tell them Earth is off limits. Because yeah. why not steal the end of Prometheus while you're at it? Sure, go ahead. So Transformers 5. Um, but anyway. Optimus so trans fivers, uh, <laughs> fast five formers. <laughs> Much like this movie, uh, Freddy got formered. We've run long, so I think we need to skip to final judgments. Whether this is a good, bad movie, a bad, bad movie, or a movie kind of like, I'm gonna start and say <clears throat> that for like for for like an hour and twenty minutes, I was like, this is kind of stupid fun because like, here's the thing about Michael Bay, like. He makes terrible movies, but there's something about his bombast I sometimes find charming. Now, while we were watching the movie, you were arguing the point that Michael Bay is a craftsman, whereas I would say he is just Lord of the Hacks. Uh, I wasn't arguing. I was not. I was. He's the best of the hacks. You, you compared him to like an Italian That's shoemaker, not true. or like I think you used the word Stradivarius of action no, at one point. None sure. of these things came. I, I, by craftsman, if I use that word, I just meant that he applies more. Like he has a light touch. <laughs> <laughs> he is subtle and elegant. No, I every well, here's, I think what you're saying is like he has a, a lot of technical. Across, uh, he has a lot of technical skill hacks. that a lot of other hacks do not have. He has a lot of technical skill when it comes to bags of tricks, slow mo shooting shots, backlit or at dusk or dawn, like things flying around a lot. What he doesn't have is craft of. This of shot coherence. matches to this shot. No, no, that's, now this we know that I, a character went from here to this there. This is where I'm going. Like he has a lot of bombast. There, there's Irma something. Bombast. There's something kind of charming <laughs> yes, about that. For almost a while. over. He needs one more piece, and then I'll have the entire <laughs> puzzle. There's something kind of charming for that, that for a while. Like like listening to like a John Philip Sousa march, but you don't want to like uh, you don't want to hear like okay three fucking hours of like a Sousa march at top volume. Well, you wouldn't hear the same march. It would be a concert of different well, Sousa with, marches. With Mike, Michael Bay, you're hearing the same Sousa march <laughs> for three hours. And uh, so by the end of it, or not even by the end, like by the like one 40 third, minutes one in. third in, I'm like, okay, all coherence to the story is lost. And now I have no interest and in what's happening. that's why I'm going to say, if you watch this movie in three pieces, yeah. it would be a good, bad movie. That's true. Because it's crazily stupid. I don't know that I've ever seen a movie this dumb. 
And I've seen dumb movies. But this movie is super dumb in a way that, like, I haven't seen other Transformers movies. It's been a long time since I've seen a new Michael Bay movie because he's been making Transformers movies for a while. But this movie reaches a level of stupid that I found very entertaining to make yeah. fun of. But if but it's long, so you'd have to watch it in, like, three pieces, you know. Do rad. Yeah, I mean, it, it's tough to say because this is basically, like, like a three-hour-long movie trailer. Yeah. Like a a lot of cuts, a lot of like shots from down below looking up at you, all kinds of shit. Um, it doesn't really make any sense, and it ends up not even being that much fun. So I would say bad, bad movie. All right, so we actually have a few sponsors uh, tonight for the podcast. Uh, I have a very special po- sponsor, so I think maybe I'll go last. Sure. Uh, do one of you guys? Yeah, I'll wanna... jump in. Uh, tonight, guys, the <laughs> Flophouse is supported in part by Audible.com, the Internet's leading provider of spoken audio information, entertainment, and infotainment. <laughs> Audible is offering Flophouse listeners a free audiobook and a free 30-day trial membership. Go to audiblepodcast.com slash flophouse. That way you can get a free audiobook of your choice now at audiblepodcast.com slash flophouse. It is the uh it's the website of choice of the real flop housewives of Kings County's uh book club. Hey. Yeah. What are, what are you uh what are those housewives reading right now? Do you know? I don't know. Something it's my a, wife's complaining about. It's okay. a Meg Wurlitzer novel. <laughs> All right. Uh and that I think that my wife chose, and I think the other wives are not happy about it. <laughs> uh but I say, yeah, listen, Stuart, and call an audible. Audible.com, that is. I hear that they're <laughs> movies for your mind. <laughs> no, that's a book on tape. Oh, okay. I only read that. I've never heard that. This is an Audible book on tape, which is different. Okay. Right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's not a movie for it's your It's a mind. guy reading a book. <laughs> so, uh, Sometimes but, it's the author. Other times it's a celebrity. But there's no tape. It's like a file. Sometimes it's Powers Booth. The <laughs> <laughs> point is, if you go to Audible, you get a... Yeah, you get a free audio book of your choice. Uh, at audiblepodcast.com slash flophouse. But not a tape. Uh, no, I think it's a digital file. <laughs> okay. It's just Although I, I guess you can record it to tape if you have that technology. <laughs> well, yeah, if you're a Transformer or something, like a big boombox with a little robot tape in it. Yeah. Uh, hey, another sponsor is Squarespace. Is that your space for Squarespace? squares and nerds? No, it's not. It's the coolest space because it's hip to be square. Hip to be Squarespace, that is. <laughs> it's an all-in-one website platform that makes building your own website simple and easy. It's the 21st century dudes. You need a website. Go to Squarespace and build one. They've got beautiful templates. You've got integration with Google Apps and Getty Images. Any image of Estelle Getty you want, they've got it. <laughs> and responsive design. The, resp- the design will respond to you like a lover. For a free trial and 10% off your first order, go to squarespace.com and enter the code FLOPHOUSE. It's easy to remember because it's the name of your favorite podcast. Squarespace, start here, go anywhere, is their slogan. Um, and lastly, I, this is a uh, this is an ad. So I, I'll, I'll this is call dear, it, dear to your heart. Very personal. Well, I would call it an ad for... It's a product uh, you use. A friend of the show. Uh, and um, so it's for... Now, look... <laughs> We all love we all love dildos, guys. <laughs> I but, think I'm not going to buy into this premise. <laughs> Who doesn't love a good dildo? I mean, if you say but, so, I guess. <laughs> How, what, what's the main problem with dildos? They're not open source enough. I don't. I'll explain <laughs> what that means. Have you ever wanted your dildo to be more open source? Well, <laughs> the good people at Comingle 
Like a wiki dildo? Uh, Here's the thing. They got a campaign going on right now for their multi-vibrating open source dildo platform. (laughs) Which means you can program this fucking dildo. You to do okay. what? To do your homework? <laughs> <laughs> to bring me a beer? You're gonna look. Uh, you, remind <laughs> me when my grandma's birthday is, dildo. <laughs> what you do is you hook this dildo up to whatever sensor you want to. You can control it by squeezing a stuffed animal. You can control it by the movement of a whip you might hit your partner with. You can control it with uh, your own pulse or uh, you, the, the 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 very thrusting you do in and out of your partner. Or just, uh, you can hook this dildo up to Skype, and the dildo uh, responds to uh, Skype stimuli. Um, So at Comingle, that's C-O-M-I-N-G-L-E dot I-O, we have been hard at work for over a year and a half, they say, to bring you our flagship product, the MOD, a multi-vibrating open source (laughs) dildo platform. It's uh, it's body safe silicone. It's gender neutral. Now that's a cool modi, and you can that control it with whatever sensor you like. So start imagining your fantastic use for the mod today, guys. Yep. So I want to thank all our sponsors, Squarespace <laughs> Audible, for their, <laughs> the last time that I think they will be buying space from us. <laughs> it's a little more. So go to. <laughs> this is quite a pitch for this dildo, Dan. <laughs> go. go <laughs> Well, they want you to go to commingle.io to contribute to the Indiegogo campaign. Okay, cool. And purchase your own MOD dildo while <laughs> supplies last. Now, look. The uh, is there? Wait, this is part two. The people behind <laughs> the people behind this open source dildo. They've given us a few examples. Uh-oh. <laughs> say, <laughs> say, I'll see you guys later. Say for say for Elliot. I'm gonna go now. Say for Elliot. Elliot wants to program his dildo to respond as he he pleases. <laughs> Elliot's dildo say could be hooked up to a microphone to make his sultry letter songs even more sexy. Stewart, it's like a Howard Stern's situation. <laughs> the sensors can keep a log of activity during sex to later <laughs> compile into infographics as visual aids for your sex describing. <laughs> sure. Wait, so for your sex records? What, for yeah. tax purposes? Yep. And for me, Dan McCoy, uh, perhaps... You can I, put it in a butt. <laughs> <laughs> Hook it up to a computer vision butt detector <laughs> to have the dildo go extra crazy at the sight of butts. You're going to put a parental advisory at the beginning of this episode, right? <laughs> They're all... They've all got parental advisory. <laughs> what? There's so much swearing. It's all explicit content. So if you're interested in an open source dildo, and I can't imagine why you would not go to Makes a great gift. Comingle.io, uh, buy a dildo, donate to their Indiegogo campaign, and what, thank uh, you to it, all our sponsors. What kind of apps does it come with? Um, <laughs> like jalapeno poppers. <laughs> yeah. sure. Like chicken wings. Yep, and on, on onion blossoms. <laughs> I believe that if you're not a uh, if you're not programming savvy, the people at Comingle have some programs you can download to help you uh, start programming your dildo. It's a it's a really worthwhile opportunity because I've always thought the thing about dildos they're too simple. <laughs> Let's complicate them a little bit. It's a sexertunity that I like. I know there's a lot of perfizoids and I feel like that should be your catchphrase now. It's a sexertunity. <laughs> 
It's certainly uh, a pickup line. Yeah, there's a lot of Pervasoids and Pervasettes listening. listening we'll be very happy yeah. to have more digital control more of, di- their, <laughs> of their faux phalli side. They're like, phalli? Phalli? my phalli? dildo options are limited. <laughs> and now my dildo op- options are unlimited. I only have a certain amount of money in my dildo budget. <laughs> Where do I spend my dildo dollars? <laughs> <laughs> so... Thank you. What's the exchange rate between dildo dollars and American dollars? <laughs> it's uh, 14 space bucks. <laughs> thank, you to, uh, thank you to audible.com, squarespace.com, and comingle.io. Okay, cool. Now what's the next step of this podcast? Uh, well, in lieu of letters, uh, you know. <laughs> in lieu of letters. No letters today. No letters for no you. Letters. letters not here. We got no letters. Okay, so... <laughs> yeah, in lieu of letters? I mean, they're sort of like letters, but we, uh, <laughs> we had a live show uh, for our last show, so we haven't been together uh, since Christmas. It's been a long time. But we've, gotten, we've got some gifts here that I wanted to distribute, like a late Santa Claus. But Santa Claus died? <laughs> <laughs> That's so sad. Yep. I mean, he never brought me any presents, anti-Semitic pieces anyway, he, was, but, he was burned upon a funeral beer so this for <laughs> oh yeah because he's like a viking type or something yep. right this, war, this is for, <laughs> just F- the fighting, elves. fighting the warlord krampus <laughs> the elves push off his funeral pyre into the arctic sea <laughs> this first one is for Stuart alone mrs claus and is now the war maiden of the tribe she, she, she she's burned upon the beer with <laughs> she threw herself upon it that's terrible no gift for the two, the for you and I, Elliot. I'm afraid. Why would we have any? It's from uh, Brian, last name withheld, <laughs> who has. Uh, My given gift Stuart, is each day I get to spend with you, fine people. Given Stuart a Full Moon Toys Legend of Horror action figure series Castle Freak. Okay, let me check and under that skirt. <laughs> what? He writes. I hope the figurine is anatomically correct in order to put to bed once and for all the question. Uh, if Castle Freak did truly rip off its ding dong, thanks for all the laughs, Brian. Last name redacted. <laughs> I'm now, I mean, like the absence of a ding dong does not prove anything about. <laughs> he could have lost that noteworthy in a farm accident. Yeah. Now here's uh, this. Just means that Stuart can now act out the scenes he wishes was in, Ca- yeah. in Castle Freak. Is he standing in front of a giant tombstone? I don't really know what the. Is that a piece of wood? I don't know, but Stu, this gives you a chance, I think, to uh, replug your. Uh, your Castle Freak screen. Perfect, yeah. I'm going to get this autographed by the Freak himself, the uh, the actor who played Giorgio the Freak, who's going to be at the Alamo Draft House in Yonkers, Yonkers, New York, on February 21st. It's Saturday night. I think it's at 8 or something. Just check the website. Um, <laughs> I'll be, I guess, hosting it uh, <laughs> alongside the uh, the titular Freak, the actor who played uh, the Castle Freak. So come on down to the Alamo Draft House, February 21st. So uh, the second we got a we got some gifts from uh, Kevin Brady who sent a Christmas card. That's very nice. Uh, with him and Terry Crews. Whoa! <laughs> so that's pretty good, just in and of itself. But uh, let me I'll just distribute <laughs> out these uh, gifts. Here's one for you, Elliot. Oh, thanks, Dan. Here's one for you, Stuart. They all have, they have Alan Ruck uh, wrapping paper. Wow. I already unwrapped mine. Oh, couldn't wait, huh? Well, <laughs> I read the I read the letter. Um, and I, uh, not unwrapping sounds, unwrapping sounds, unwrapping, unwrapping theater of the year. I happened, I read the letter and I happened to already own the thing that he got me. Well, don't tell him that. <laughs> no, no. I think it will make him appreciate. Let me, me guess. It's a dildo. That's not open source. It's a, 
It's a collection of Andy Sedaris movies. <laughs> <laughs> you do. You have the complete collection. Yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> well, he got me a, ba- a package of Abraham Lincoln Band-Aids. Yeah. and Well, that's great for when you get all your dings and nicks and cuts. Yeah, unfortunately, there's one wound these dogs. Band-Aids will not be able to help you with, and that's a gunshot to the back of the head. <laughs> uh, Are you expecting one of those? And and I, <laughs> no, and you I, never expect them. And I got a novelty bottle opener, which is great. I usually drink cans, but I can. I guess I can make a change. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and the novelty bottle opener is in the shape, shape of my dreadlord, Cthulhu. Lies dreaming in Relia, the sunken city. Yeah, mm-hmm. Kevin Middlename with Held Brady writes, Dearest Peaches, with another crazy year in the books, I wanted to take a moment to send along my appreciation for all that you guys do. This time of year, what better way to show your appreciation than with gifts wrapped in shiny paper? Incidentally, I can't take credit for the amazing Ruckmas gift wrap. I'm simply recycling it after it was used by Jonathan Howell to wrap my gifts for the Facebook group Secret St. Nicholas Cage Extravaganza. Oh, I thought yeah, you right. bought that somewhere. For Dan... <laughs> From one Pervasoid to Pervasoid number one, I give to you the works of Mr. Andy Sedaris from Malibu Express all the way to my personal favorite, Return to Savage Beast. I haven't watched that one yet. Beach. Beach, yeah. Return to Savage Beast. That's a completely different movie. Mr. Sedaris brightened our television screens with the likes of Sybil Danning, (laughs) Julie K. Smith, and the lovely Julie Strain. More importantly, he brightened our screens with their boobs. Well, that, yeah, but yes. And I can yeah, only. Yeah, you're really more interested in Julie K. Smith's acting. <laughs> I can only hope these twelve friend films bring <laughs> these twelve friends. <laughs> <laughs> you, your closest Christmas. friends are movies, Dan, aren't they? <laughs> bring you a few minutes of joy whenever the wife isn't around. For Elliot, masturbating is what he said. As a new father, you're going to run into a lot of ouchies and boo-boos in Already, the coming years. Yeah. You're going to guide young Sam as he selects a hero, any hero, who isn't his father. Allow me to assist in steering him away from lame-os <laughs> like Spider-Man and the X-Men. Those phony so-called heroes written by hack writers relied heavily Man, on dumb gags, wow. silly powers, and talking dinosaur men to entertain readers. <laughs> this guy really does not like me or my work. <laughs> well, I hope that instead of covering up scrapes and cuts with false idols, you will use these band-aids featuring the image of a real hero who didn't rely on four colors, but who did just fine in monochrome. I present to you a package of Abraham Lincoln bandages. Thank you. And about that hack writer stuff, I'm totally kidding. I loved Spider-Man and the X-Men on sale now at your local comic book store. Issue 2 comes out January 28th. Finally for Stuart. Buy it and throw it away. And then buy another one. <laughs> How does a party animal keep it real when yuppies and hipsters roll into his bar and have the audacity to order some fancy bullshit beer that doesn't come in a wide mouth can or with a twist off top? <laughs> How about by popping the top of their shimay or almond gag with the... <laughs> those things? I don't know. Assistance of an elder god. I hope that this Cthulhu bottle opener helps you to always remain the silver bullet drinking ultimate party dude you've always been. In closing, thanks again for watching the shit movies so we don't have to and for providing hours of entertainment to the amazing community of floppers you've brought together. Merry Christmas, Happy Hanukkah, and continued success in 2015. Years in floppiness. Kevin Middle Name Withheld Brady. Um, Thank you very much, so Kevin. Thanks, Kevin. It was very uh, sweet of you. Further ensuring the key to getting your letter read aloud is by giving us sweet gifts. Yeah, or by giving Dan access to boobs on tape. <laughs> yeah. That's a sweet gift. Yeah. It's the gift that keeps on giving. Ew. Normally Dan has to give himself that gift. Ew. <laughs> um, so uh, now it's time for our final segment for the show. Yeah. What's that segment? Recommendations of movies we actually liked. Uh, instead of Transformers: <laughs> Age of Extinction, and that thus ending our sort of spontaneous Michael Bay theme month. Yeah. 
Um, Elliot, is there anything you want to promote? I would promote. (laughs) Yeah, promote the work of others. Recommend. Uh, I will. I think I'd like to recommend a movie I saw recently that I really liked a lot, uh, which affected me deeply, which is perhaps the exact opposite of what we watched tonight, uh, and that would be Winterlight, directed by Ingmar Bergman and starring Ingrid Thulin and Gunnar Bjornstrand. Uh, It's the story of a (laughs) priest in a small town uh, in Sweden who is struggling with faith. He has almost totally lost his faith in the existence of God, and uh, when a parishioner comes to him feeling with the same spiritual trouble, the parishioner is shocked and horrified to find that the priest is struggling with the same doubts. Uh, and the priest is also in a kind of failing romantic relationship with another one of the parishioners, uh, and he's forced to confront his own powerlessness and suffering and whether that is evidence enough of the faith that perhaps he needs to rediscover himself. Uh, the original title in Swedish was, I think, the communicants or something like that. Uh, and it's, uh, very much about the need for human beings to communicate. And perhaps that and the need for speed. And the need, yeah. It's a, he said, yeah, he says it. I have your need. Starring you need Freddy for Krueger in a small role. <laughs> uh, but it's shot in a much grimmer and plainer style than a lot of Ingmar Bergman movies. Although it's shot by Sven Nykvist. And, uh, it's a really Night good. Nykvist? Nykvist. The, uh, vigilant, the Swedish vigilante. <laughs> Sweet night fist. Uh, and He's a tough guy with a soft side. But uh, it's really good if you want something a little deeper but not inaccessible. It's, the emotions in it are very strong and run, run deep and on the, as well as on the surface. So It's like a romantic comedy. Yeah, yeah. It's a real zinger. <laughs> it's, uh, it's a comedy sci-fi adventure. <laughs> anyway, winter light. Just like the dessert. I would Zingers. like to recommend a movie... Uh, that I saw recently at BAM for the first time. And it was actually, uh, it was introduced by William Friedkin, who I was delighted to see kind of resembled like um, current Adam West. Like he was just like an affable, like aging man. And you you see William Friedkin films and you think this has got to be a really intense guy. He's just like a goofy grandpa kind of guy. (laughs) But uh, he did say at one point, who wants Werther's? And just threw them into the audience. (laughs) But uh, he introduced a movie I liked a lot. And it was Costa Gavras's movie Z. I told you you were going to like it. Which I think that, you know, early in your uh, film buff career, you have an embarrassment of riches ahead of you. And then the more you watch movies, the the less you get surprised by movies. Uh, but this was like the first time in a long time where I'm like, well, this is kind of a masterpiece I'm watching. And uh, it's a, a great movie. It's a very thinly fictionalized version of real events that happened in Greece when a, uh, a socialist candidate was assassinated by a m- military uh, faction of the government. And then the investigation afterwards where it came out, what happened and it's, it's tense, it's infuriating, it's a thriller, but it's also kind of funny in a lot of places and it's heartbreaking at the end. Mm-hmm. So uh, I recommend it. Very much. I would call it one of the top movies that has just one letter for a title. Oh. Yeah, right along there with, with M. M. Yeah. yeah. So, a uh, romantic comedy? Yeah, again. <laughs> <laughs> a real singer. Okay, so that's a theme today, I guess. It's uh, a real boy meets coup story. <laughs> so, I'm going to keep uh, keep with that theme. I'll also, uh, I'm also talking about a movie that touched me deeply. I'm talking about a movie called Rock and Roll Nightmare. <laughs> 
Now, Rock and Roll Nightmare was sent to me by a listener from the show. Uh, and Stu gets like a disproportionate number of gifts. I get of the least of anybody, I <laughs> yeah. think. Dan gets a lot of naked pictures. Mm-hmm. Elliot gets almost no gifts because what can you get the man who has everything? Life has given me so much already. It's true. I have many blessings. Sure. So uh, moving on. Speaking of blessings, Rock and Roll Nightmare features uh, the acting chops of... I think his name is John Michael Thor, uh, a uh, actor slash heavy metal maniac. Uh, the movie Rock and Roll Nightmare is about uh, the hit rock band Triton heading off into the wilds of Canada, I'm assuming, to record, uh, to work on and record their latest album in a, uh, in a farmhouse out in the middle of nowhere that um, has a recording studio in it, I guess. And they, while working on the album, you know, they have to work out their personal grievances. Some, uh, there's a little bit of nudity. <laughs> there's a little <laughs> bit of rock and rolling. And then all of a sudden, some kind of ancient evil that seems to be living there starts picking them off one by one until the only remaining person, spoiler alert, is our hero, John Michael Thor, playing John Triton. Uh, and then we get to see probably one of the best modern... Uh, Giant foam monster fighting a man scenes yeah, that I've well, seen in a very long time. Let's be clear. This is a this is a good bad movie. This is not Oh, it is a yeah, yeah. no, this is a fun, terrible movie. So Rock and Roll Nightmare. That's, Check it out. That's a movie I always mix up in my head with the movie Hard Rock Zombies. Uh-huh. Which is also a great bad movie. Which is movie. also a great bad movie and involves uh over time a the running gag of a Nazi puppet eating <laughs> a Nazi puppet zombie eating his own hands and then face, <laughs> and been like pouring sugar and thing, pouring salt and sugar onto himself, and like it's really goofy. But anyway, watch it with friends. Nightmare. Yeah, because you'll be too tell, scared to watch it alone. Tell your mom not to watch it because she won't enjoy it unless she Probably likes that not. kind of thing. Call the cops. I don't know your mom. Chill out, and, dude. <laughs> Uh, Write a letter to the president saying, watch Rock and Roll Nightmare. Better than boyhood. (laughs) (laughs) That quote's going to end up on the box. (laughs) Speaking of boyhood, uh, we watched a movie that was almost three hours long today and never again. (laughs) Yeah. I'm going to put a time limit on movies that people can ask us to watch. Yeah. So, no to Fiddler on the Roof. Uh, Which was fantastic. that That was a delight. I was glad that you... Just like Cade Yeager. I'm glad. Tevye has to deal with his daughter's lust. And fight a laser wolf. <laughs> and there were kind of laser wolves in exactly. this movie. Uh, uh, yeah, we had the similarities are eerie. To end, uh, just to explain that reference, uh, the flops, the other flopsters and uh, some, uh, some other friends came over to our house to watch Fiddler on the Roof the other night, a movie that my wife and I watched several times a year usually. Uh, several times a year? At least two well, to three times. I, it was all the more charming for me to watch it for the first time with uh, a group of uh, Jewish people in the house who clearly had seen it over and over <laughs> Many and times. over again. Because and when it was you're, near and dear to their when heart. When you're Jewish, like it's a movie you see a lot. Yeah. But uh, it was curious to me to see a bunch of let, let's just call you what you are, goyim, mm-hmm. uh, for lack of a better word. Yeah, uh, watching it and being occasionally baffled by what was going on, and and being like, oh right, you weren't told the story of the uh, shtetl pogroms and the. Europe to America diaspora over and over yeah, again yeah. like we were. Yeah, I was like, hey, why are those Russians being so mean? <laughs> <laughs> hey, guys, why are those Russians being so mean? I think when I, I was I was doing a brief introduction and I mentioned uh, 
it's not a totally accurate picture of life in a shtetl, but it's kind of the closest that we can get in a lot of ways. And one of the people in the room said, what's a shtetl? <laughs> and I was like, well, this is going to be more basic than I thought it was going to be. <laughs> well, thank you for uh, thank you for the remedial cultural studies. Hey, it was a nice reminder that my people are less than 1% of the world's population. <laughs> Uh, and on that note, I guess <laughs> <laughs> we've been the flop house. I've been Dan McCoy. That's been Elia Kalin. In a way, I guess you could say Jews are the Autobots of the world. <laughs> There's not a lot of us, and we often fight evil robots. And I'm Elia Kalin. Wait, wait, you said my name, <laughs> Stuart Wellington. You said that. Uh, good night, everyone. Thanks for listening and loving <laughs> and laughing and standing with honor. <laughs> <laughs> Let's do this stupid thing so I can go home. <clears throat> okay, let's slam this one out. <laughs> Dan? What? You ready? We doing thing? We're talking about slamming that. Uh, we're going to slam it out, much like I just did in your bathroom. Are <laughs> slamming I, uh, <laughs> Are you okay? <laughs> um, sorry. Uh, in <laughs> three... <laughs> Two, one. If you've ever laughed at the Brits for the way they say schedule or Americans for the way we keep seeing Jesus in our food, join me, Dave Holmes, for International Waters, a transatlantic panel game that pits comedians in London and comedians in Los Angeles against each other in a deadly Skype-based pop culture battle royale. Every two weeks or fortnightly, as they say in Britain, like they're better than us. Find it in iTunes or at MaximumFun.org.